Hi there, welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. I decided to make jewelry out of concrete. Using an architectural material like that was kind of really how I tied, tied it together initially. I really see my jewelry as architectural concepts. Every time I create a piece, I always actually think of it as architecture as well. And then vice versa. When I look at architecture, I see jewelry. So I always have that kind of comparison between the two. To see them come to life and to be on models. That day after the fitting, I came home and I just like started crying and sobbed because it was just so cool just to to see everything come to life. That was Emily Minton, my guest today on the Jewelry Navigator podcast. I met Emily at my very first Metal and Smith show in back in February, February 5th. I remember the morning, it was freezing, and I was on my way to get on the flight to New York City, and I was just so grateful and excited to be invited to be um, an attendee at the show, and Emily was one of the designers that I met, and as she told me, her jewelry grew out of concrete castings from her master's architecture thesis. I was intrigued, and I knew I needed to share her story with you. So here's Emily Minton's story. I hope you enjoy it. It's really intriguing, inspiring, and her jewelry is truly innovative. You can learn where to find her jewelry. I'll get back with you at the end of the podcast and share that with you. Enjoy the episode. So when I met you in uh, at Metal and Smith this past February, yeah. And you explained how how you designed your jewelry and how it came about. You'll have to tell everybody your background and how you how you started Minton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm an architect and ever since I was in elementary school, I knew I wanted to be an architect and I don't even know how I knew what an architect was to be honest, but Mm -hmm. I never once considered another profession. Like I always just knew without a doubt, that's what I was going to do. Um, so I went into architecture school and honestly, I've always liked fashion. That was always kind of a part of me. And when I was in my undergrad at the university of Nebraska, Lincoln, I really kind of started getting more and more into fashion and, it was kind of like tipping the scales then where when I was sitting in class and I'd be looking at architecture and I'd be thinking of it as, oh, a piece of jewelry or something else other than architecture. 
So that's kind of when those thoughts really started to happen for me. And it just really grew from there. And after my undergrad in Nebraska, I went on to get my master's in Tampa at USF. And I was there for three years. And for my final year, I had my thesis year. And, And I had this lofty idea, like, what if I really did do my jewelry And I'm, like, thinking, like, well, people think it's legit or will professors, like, laugh at it or, you know, not take me seriously. Um, But I ended up deciding to do it. And I had a thesis chair advisor who really supported me. And he's very kind of unique and different and kind of doing something on his own. So I was glad I was paired with him to guide me through that year. But I decided to make jewelry out of concrete. Mm-hmm. So using a using an architectural material like that was kind of really how I tied tied it together initially, but I really see my jewelry as architectural concepts. Every time I create a piece, I always actually think of it as architecture as well, mm-hmm. um, and then vice versa. When I look at architecture, I see jewelry. So I always have that kind of comparison between the two. And once I did that whole thesis year, honestly, that was just. I knew without any doubt in my mind that I wanted to make jewelry. So I I honestly, I thought that I would be doing architecture for maybe two years out of school, and then I'd have my jewelry thing going. But here now it's been seven, (laughs) and I'm still doing (laughs) architecture. (laughs) So you are still doing architecture. Yes. So I do that full time, actually. I I practice here in Baltimore at a firm, Mm -hmm. and I've, been at the firm uh, for six years now, ever since I moved to Baltimore, and they're really fantastic in supporting me in my dreams. They know I want to do jewelry, and they've, they've really helped me a lot. And even like this week when I was in New York, you know, they were, they were like, yes, Emily, go, you know, do this jewelry thing and let me work remotely from there. That is so but, cool that you're able to do both. Yeah. And honestly, my, my ultimate goal, which, you know, they know as well, I really do want to do jewelry full time. So I think it'll get interesting here once I really start to make the switch. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> to, to make it work. But yeah, so my, my, night, my nights and my weekends are reserved for jewelry. And then my day job is architecture. So my personal <laughs> wow. life is at a zero. <laughs> I was going to say, like, where do you fit all of this in? It's crazy. What some people may not realize when they visit your site, you are the model for everything. Yeah. I actually I think that's so cool. I didn't realize that un, until after I got home and I'm looking yeah. at the pictures. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that girl looks like, oh, my gosh, that's her. She's doing everything. But you fit into it so well. Did you oh, model you. professionally before? Well, no, and I had no intent of me being in the photographs, and it all started when I kind of was getting ready to launch my website. I had kind of created an Instagram, and I needed to start photographing, and I was looking for some girls here in Baltimore, just like trying to find people on Instagram, but I was like, I don't have any money to pay someone, Mm -hmm. and one day I was like, I'll just shoot myself, and all my photography is actually self-photography. Uh-huh. So I set up a tripod and <laughs> take pictures of myself and it's honestly turned into something that I absolutely love doing and it's really just so much fun. So I think it's funny how it unfolded and ended up being that way, but I'm, I love doing it. So 
Well, it, it, you, that's completely comes as a shock to me because it looks like they're professionally done. Like someone's, <laughs> that's not only is it such a wonderful surprise that you're the model, but you also take the pictures yourself. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But I love it. It makes it even more unique and special. Yeah. That's actually, when I was in New York, um, I was paired with two clothing brands and one of them was from Israel and they had an assistant uh, working for them and he was a photographer and it was just cool to be around such inspiring um, people this week too, kind of in that fashion and photography business. And so he and I were talking photography and um, had some good conversations about that too. Oh, good. Yeah. So you got, you got lots of plenty of tips from different people in different aspects of the industry. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Let me backtrack and give everyone a reference to the photographer you're talking about and where you were. Emily was invited to have her jewelry featured in an exclusive fashion show at a unique venue. It's actually a store, a collaborative retail space that features a conglomeration of new designers. And it's been a dream of hers to have Minton jewelry featured in fashion shows. And that's just what happened to fall in her lap shortly before the show, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was such a whirlwind. And honestly, this whole week, I've been so emotional. Just It's just been so exciting. And I know I even put it in one of my posts, but it was really honestly the most exciting week of my life, for sure. Oh, so yeah. it was just really great to be a part of and see how it all works because I've never been a part of a fashion show before. So it was really a lot of firsts for me. It was, it was awesome. Is that kind of what you saw as a vision for Minton was? Actually, yes. Yeah, I really did. And I had thought about it in the, in the past, like the thought had crossed my mind. Um, there's been like a couple other designers I'd followed and I know it's kind of something they had done. So once I had seen that, I was like, Oh man, what if that could be me? Um, and just this whole year isn't crazy, but this, this show just popped up for me two weeks ago and I, I wouldn't have expected that happening for me this year already. So wow. it was so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I remember seeing your posts and you were going to New York and I thought, oh, she's just going to New York. But I, I yeah. had no idea it was was this big. Oh, I know. That's what, that's what I kept saying too. to even <laughs> my friends and family. I was like, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool I'm not familiar yeah. with flying solo but it's a neat uh, I, your jewelry is a perfect fit for their style oh yeah absolutely that's what I thought too and I hadn't heard of them either which I've been trying to research stores and things like that because I'm not currently in any at the moment I just sell on my website mm-hmm. and my my work is um I guess unique enough that I've been trying to find the right store. You know, I I don't think my vibe can fit, you know, with just anyone. Mm -hmm. So I I really like Flying Solo's vibe. And they had a great team. And um, they have a cool thing going on over there, just really helping a lot of independent designers. And that's really the focus. Okay. All right. So it's like a a collaborative store or a storefront or like a showcase store. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then a lot of the the people who really founded Flying Solo and and run it, they have their own work in the store as well. So they're also designers. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a cool, relatable platform to kind of connect with them on. And um, they're, they're coming from the same place, essentially, which is cool. That is. It's, it's perfect. What are your ultimate goals? Do you think you want to be in department stores? Do, do you think you want to stay in smaller um, specialty boutique type atmospheres? Yeah. So I, I definitely do want to be in some stores and like flying solo, you know, that's its own thing. They just have, you know, one real store location. And I, I'm going to look into becoming a part of that. Um, so that's definitely something I'd like to do, but I want to find the right small boutiques. Mm-hmm. I think one day I really would like to be in, you know, some large department stores. And as I'm getting to know the industry a little bit, I've realized that if you are in a big department store, say, you know, you're a Nordstrom, then Barney's probably doesn't want you. You know, they kind of want you exclusively mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, so I would like to be in a, in a department store one day, but I really would like my main traffic and sales to be through my own website. But to do that, I have to get known. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So that's maybe kind of step one to really establish a name for myself and um, so people know who I am, first of all, and then see what happens from there. I saw that you had been featured in late July in When Jewelry Meets Architecture. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, That was actually a cool launch event that I did at Dreams on Air in Soho. Mm -hmm. And that came to me from another architect turned jewelry designer whose name is Daniel Scheinfeld Rodriguez. And Uh he lives in Hawaii. Um, He's originally from South America. But we had met... Oh, we had met at the Jewelry Independent Summit, and we had both seen each other's work on Instagram, which was funny, so we recognized each other. And so we had that cool connection, you know, two architects turned jewelry designers. Uh-huh. And he, his pieces um, are in Dreams on Air currently, so he had that relationship established, and he wanted to do a launch event and just invited me to come do it with him. So I was so thankful that he offered to bring me along with him. Oh, that was neat that he invited you to do that. Yes, which honestly, as I've started out now in this industry, I mean, I didn't know anybody and I didn't know anything about anything. (laughs) And when I did my first Metal and Smith in February, when I met you, Mm -hmm. that was the first anything I'd ever done, which is crazy to think that was the beginning of this year. Um, But. I kind of expected, with just me not knowing anything, going to New York for this, I really expected everything and everyone to be very, like, hoity-toity. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my biggest surprise has just been that everyone's been so fantastic, including the other designers. Yes. And it's really the other designers who have helped me learn and, you know, given me contacts in the industry and really helped lift me up. Um, I know you know uh, Samantha Jackson from yes. Heaven's Devices, uh-huh. and she's she's been one of them as well, who's kind of been there to help me out, and we ask each other questions and <laughs> trade advice. Oh, I think it's so exciting to see um, not only really new, innovative jewelry designs like you and Heavenly Vices and all the other designers that were at Metal and Smith. But I also, what's so exciting is to see so many women coming into the industry. 
so many different careers and changes of vocation come about and people are pivoting and going in a lot of different directions, just like, you know, in your case, architecture. And I've met a few people who've been in different artistic backgrounds and Samantha um, Jackson, oh, yeah. she's, she's a CPA. She started Heavenly Vices as, as a creative outlet. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool to even just connect with people on the level of like, you just want to do what you love and what like lights you up and makes you excited to do it every day. And so right. that's kind of what, what I've taken away too from meeting all these other designers and even, you know, the clothing designers I met this week for the fashion show, you know, we just all have that in common and we're all just trying to trying to do what we love and be successful at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the inspiration behind your pieces. I noticed that, yeah. and I read it, and you'll have to tell everybody why you named some of them with um, the name Patricia behind it, but also just the different styles, what made you choose like the pedestal design or the bent yeah. ring. Yes, and actually... Um, some of the pieces, which I love, um, they were my original designs from architecture school when I was at USF my, during my thesis here. Mm-hmm. And my, my bent ring wide and then my oval ring solid, those two were like the original rings that I designed. And I originally cast those out of concrete. Uh-huh. And it's funny because my bent ring now, that's slowly becoming my logo, <laughs> which oh. I love. And I... I my view, my vision for the future, I really want to keep creating different versions of both of those rings, which mm-hmm. I love trying to, like, make something new out of the same form, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of, the, some of my pieces are original, but then the Patricia pieces, which you mentioned, that's actually my grandmother's name. And I had first designed uh, that Patricia form, like, at the top of that ring. Um, I call that my Patricia piece, and I designed that also in architecture school as well. And I actually almost named my brand after her. Her name's Patricia McCown, her maiden name. Okay. Um, so that was on the, on the table for me to name my brand after. I'd considered McCown, uh, but ultimately I went with Minton, which was actually my middle name. Okay. But, yeah, but I go by it for my jewelry just because it's a little easier. <laughs> a lot of my other pieces, though, I just design ultimately for myself which is another like liberating part about me doing jewelry and just doing what I love. Um, just all have ideas come to me and it's just something I've been thinking about or just something I want for myself. And that just makes it fun for me too, to just bring to light what excites me at the end of the day. And hopefully everyone else loves it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like I'm kind of scanning through your rings. I, I don't know why, but I gravitate towards rings. I think because I can look down on my hands and see them, you know, other than yeah. earrings and necklace, you can't see that, but you can That's enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> your designs are so bold but still minimalist yes but in a really classic way like the sacred line so you can wear that as rings or pendants right yes uh uh-huh yep and then my sacred rings actually pair together um the sacred one ring goes with um the sacred two and then also the three so they kind of create these interesting forms together and i just launched those uh at the metal and smith i did in august Mm-hmm. So I haven't had any time to do uh, enough photographs of those pieces. So that's on my to-do list to really show what those can do. 
but yeah, that sacred series I'm really excited about. <clears throat> and those were on some models at the show on Friday. And it was so funny because when I signed up to do the show two weeks ago, uh, flying solo had reached out to me and I think they found me on Instagram and they told me they had a accessory slot left for the show. So I signed on to do it really last minute. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I actually had no idea that my jewelry was going to be on men. Yeah. So, I mean, I designed for myself and I think of it as women's jewelry. Um, but I have had people tell me that it does have a masculine feel as well, which mm-hmm. I totally get it. And we had a fittings day on Tuesday with the models and it was actually really cool. Once I saw it go on men, um, it just helped me see my pieces in a different way. And even some of the male models were like, oh, this is really cool. Like they actually, you know, liked it for themselves. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That was a big revelation, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I had told, I told my family, I was like, if I had known that it was going to be men as well, I think I would have just panicked and not done it. Mm. So I'm so glad um, I didn't know. (laughs) I'm so glad you didn't either. That's great. I know. I know. Yeah, and ultimately, uh-huh. like, my rings, I only have my samples that I, I keep with me. They're only in women's sizes. So mm-hmm. if you look at any of the, the photos from the show, when I get those posted, all the rings are on the men's pinkies. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering if you had time to quickly make up um, some pieces that were larger sizes. But yeah. that, that worked out that they could just wear them yeah. on their pinkies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we actually really cool. worked with um, Flying Solo had a stylist for the show. Her name's Veronica and she was fantastic. And uh, she worked with every single look that went out on the runway. She was there styling it and picking shoes and jewelry. Uh, She was fantastic. Um, But it was really fun working with her because she helped me see my jewelry in a totally new way. Um, Even like taking some of my rings and stringing chains through them in a unique way, Mm -hmm. or even some of my rings, that I'd never worn on a chain before. Cause I do that a lot because uh-huh. they're, they're so big. They look like pendants. Um, she was stringing chains through them and I was like, Oh, I've never even thought of that or I've never done that before. Right. So that was really cool and inspiring. I, I really love working with her. Oh, wow. What a great experience. I mean, I'm sure you came away from it and you're still probably days and weeks from now going to be um, continuously it's a, it's a source of inspiration and ideas for you. What a great opportunity. I'm so excited oh. for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely the biggest thing to happen to me, you know, so far. And, yeah, it really was just the best week of my life. And after the, the fitting day with the models, I mean, so many of my pieces, they've just been sitting alone with me here in my apartment, like some for years. Uh And, you know, like some of my rings that I designed in architecture school, that was like seven years ago now. So it's been almost like a a private thing for me. And, you know, they've they've just been with me personally. But to see them come to life and to be on models, that day after the fitting, I came home and I just like started crying and sobbed because it was just so cool just to, to see everything come to life. Oh, oh, that's great. I hate that you cry, yeah. but it was a happy cry. Yes, <laughs> yes. I know, right? Yeah, that's good. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm sure every designer can relate to that because if yes. you're, it's, it, it grew out of 
you know, from you were, when you were a little girl and you knew you wanted to be an architect and now into a yeah. jewelry designer. I feel really at this moment, I feel like my life is really just beginning, which is cool to think of. I mean, I actually turned 33 in a couple of weeks and um, I've really just dedicated the last six years of my life here in Baltimore to, to building this brand because I knew it's 100% what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So there's been plenty of frustrations and patience tested and, you know, things don't ever happen the way you think they're going to happen or when. And so I think that was part of the emotion for me this week because it's been building up inside of me for all these years. And I made a lot of sacrifices too. And to really, you know, get this in motion. Right. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's true with anybody who takes a leap of faith into something that they believe in. I don't think, you know, our, our dreams and creativity come behind and it makes us want to go faster and faster, but yeah, on the outside and whatever is in control of everything else, it just doesn't move as fast as we hope it to, but (laughs) everything's lining up the way it's supposed to. And we just have to trust that. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I keep, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I always thought that I'd only work for a couple of years out of architecture school and then, and then do jewelry. But yeah, here I am, and I know architecture has really helped me grow just professionally in a sense, and I guess the firm I work for, too, they're um, really positive, and I've seen how to create, like, a really fantastic work environment, and I've learned from them professionally and business sense-wise, and they're always there to offer me advice, and even financially, they've, they've really created uh, a foundation for me to help build this brand, and I I couldn't have done it without the job that I have. So looking back now, I know, you know, why I've been doing architecture this long because it's helped me out so much Mm -hmm. um, to set the stage for where I'm going next. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So right now people can find your jewelry on your website and it takes four to six weeks to create something. What else would someone need to know if they wanted to purchase something that you make? Yes. So I actually, um, I do have plans to carry a stock one day and at the moment, yes, four to six weeks is what I say. And honestly, some of my pieces, they can crank out in two weeks. Um, I have my pieces manufactured on 38th street in New York. Mm -hmm. So I send them my digital files. Um, my whole design process is digital here on my end. And I have a three, three printer, which my architecture firm has uh, helped provide me with. So I do everything digitally and 3D and I send those digital files off to them and then they take it from there and they do a really beautiful job. Um, But yeah, so depending on their um, level of busyness that they're dealing with at the moment, I'd say four to six weeks, but sometimes they can do something in two. Um, Mm -hmm. It all depends. Okay. Yeah, at the moment, everything's made to order and I do plan to have a stock one day. Doing made to order has really helped me uh, financially, it was a financial decision as I get my feet off the ground here, just because everything I'm doing for my jewelry business is my own money um, mm-hmm. that, that I earn. And so that's another thing that I really like about you and most of the designers that I've come across. Um, everything's made in the States. Yeah. And actually that was something that when I started making jewelry, I, or well, I should say when I transitioned to metal, I had no clue where to start, who to go to. And I went to a few different manufacturers 
uh, just trying different people out. And all I did was Google. Uh (laughs) And um, I had found one here in Maryland that I used, which they were very expensive. So I knew that wasn't going to work. I tried a company in Brooklyn, but I wasn't happy with the quality. Um, Ultimately, I ended with the manufacturer that I'm using now. And I did look to at um, overseas manufacturing, and I know that's always kind of, you know, big debate. Is it American made or, um, you know, is it from overseas? And a lot is manufactured in China. And even when I started to, you know how pricing, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are your price points? And obviously if it's made uh, in China, you know, in bulk orders, it's much cheaper. And right. so that was something that, that I'm always considering because I do want to have the most efficient and economical prices for, for customers. Um, so it was actually a surprise to me when I started making jewelry. I'm like, wow, this is more expensive than I thought. <laughs> yeah. But I, f- I still feel like your prices are really reasonable. Okay. That's great. That's great to hear. For instance, I'm just going to pick your sacred one ring. So that's oh, yeah. Pictured at 370, what material? That's sterling silver. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then do you, right now you're just doing plated. Do you do um, 14 karat? Yes, I do offer that on my website um, and only for, not, not every piece. Okay. And I'm only holding back on some of those because some of my rings are so big I don't want weight to be an issue because it just right. gets, you know, a little heavier with the more precious metals. Yeah. Um, That's smart. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do offer the 14 carats in almost most of my pieces. Well, thanks so much for taking your time with me. I know you're exhausted. Yes. And... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I got home last night or got back to Maryland here at like 1.30 last night. and Oh, my gosh. Well, thanks, Emily. I really enjoyed yes. getting to talk to you, and it's really fun I to know, be able me to too. put your voice and your personality more with your pictures. I really, really I love enjoyed. It. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for your support and your posts and stuff. It's just cool to see you know, other people getting behind you, and so I really appreciate it a lot. Oh, well, you're so welcome. I've always been someone who doesn't want to look like everybody else, so I really, really yep. appreciate it and get excited to be able to share it. So thank you That's for being cool. so brave and going out and doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you Thanks. soon, Emily. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank okay. you. All right. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye. Emily's determination to grow Minton between her full-time job at her architectural firm is really inspiring. I love sharing the stories of creative jewelers and designers who bring life to their innovative ideas so we can have a selection of jewelry that celebrates what makes us unique. You can find her on Instagram at shopminton, that's S-H-O-P, Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, and online at the same name, shopminton.com. I'm really especially excited about her I Am series of pendants and necklaces. They spell out I Am Unstoppable, I Am Badass, I Am Empowered. It's a series of pendants and necklaces and even bracelets. Some of them have a monogram, so you can actually custom customize it to have anything on it. 
and they're wearable declarations to motivate anyone to be and do their best. Please check out her Instagram feed and her website. Say hello that you learned and about her on my podcast and that you enjoyed her story. Hey, if you enjoy the podcast and you've enjoyed learning about the designers and the jewelry that I talk about, please share it. Tell other people about it, people that you know who love jewelry, and let me know. I have no idea who's listening. I would love to know some of you and give you some shout outs every once in a while. If you have jewelry questions, please let me know. I'm happy to answer them. In fact, that would be kind of a cool episode sometime to do a Q&A. Any questions you have about jewelry or gemstones and things like that, that would be um, really fun to do. So leave me a review or just say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, make sure those safety clasps are fastened and secure. Talk to you next time.